0: This podcast is brought to you by RMA, the Risk Management Association. RMA's sole purpose is to advance the use of sound risk management principles in the financial services industry. Learn more at rmahq.org.
1: Hi, I'm Fran Garrett, Director of Credit, Global Markets Risk, and Securities Lending at RMA. In an ideal world, everyone would want their models to be fair and no one would want them to be biased but what does it mean exactly? Unfortunately, there seems to be no universal and agreed definition of bias or fairness. Today, I am joined by Kevin Oden, founder and managing partner of Kevin D. Oden & Associates and managing director of RMA's Model Validation Consortium. In this installment of the monthly podcast series on credit risk and model risk management, We will define the role of bias and data in machine learning and AI, provide the contributing factors for bias in models and offer best practices firms can follow regarding bias. Kevin, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Fran. So first, can you define bias in machine learning?
0: That's a, that's a great question, Fran. The best way to define bias in machine learning is really to think about how unfairness occurs in all modeling frameworks, uh, machine learning just being one of them. And it's really bias or unfairness as an outcome of the model. So when you think about fair, um, uh not showing favoritism towards an individual or a group based on their intrinsic or acquired traits in the context of decision-making is really what fair means. And unfair is is anything else. And when we think about the, the models that we employ, um, they may have unfair outcomes. And detecting that and correcting for it is is one of the major uh, tasks today as we use models more and more. Uh, formulating fairness quantitatively uh, in a model setting and a machine learning setting is difficult, but typically uh, one should start with uh, with the laws that are out there because there are laws out there uh, which uh, um, every bank has to adhere to.
1: Thanks. and. You know what do you consider are the contributing factors for bias in these models?
0: So typically these these models are trained on data, and this data has um, has been around uh, in some cases for for years and in some cases for 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 decades in making these uh, these decisions. And unfortunately, uh, people consciously or subconsciously uh, are prone to uh, bias in their decision-making process. And so it shows up in the data. So as an example, if, uh, if a credit decision is made by an individual and that individual tends to uh, give credit to people that he or she knows or he or she likes or he or she feels familiar with, then that becomes the training data for the, for, for the credit decisioning models on a go forward basis. Especially So when it's automated, you, you basically have automated um, prejudice in that model or bias in that model.
1: I'm glad you brought up data and I'd like to explore that a little bit further. What is the importance of data and the future of AI, machine learning, and bias?
0: So I just described how data um, that has been uh, developed by by humans can incorporate bias in it, and uh, that data is is currently being used in many automated decision making processes. However. With uh, machine learning and AI, people are going off and looking and incorporating with, with uh, in many cases, great intentions to increase uh, the credit space and increase the, the individuals who can have access to credit, the unbanked, if you will. And so they're looking for uh, a wide ranging set of new data. So we're all familiar with FICO scores, we're all all familiar, at least the credit folks are familiar with debt to income, loan to value, uh, late payments, but um, the machine learning folks and the AI folks are looking for novel data, and that increases the data set. So that can be good because it brings, it potentially brings new information, which may uh, may uh, give credit to those who are typically underbanked and who, uh, who are still very creditworthy. However, that data may also increase bias if it's not monitored, if it's not util- utilized well. Because a lot of the data that you see, for instance, in social media, is, has the potential for digital redlining, and that is categorizing an individual. In a particular uh, protected sex, protected uh, uh, race, or protected class, um, and that's known as digital redlining. So the increase in data is is very important, and it has many good. Uh, there could, there could be very many good outcomes if it's used appropriately, and the analyst who makes these models understands the potential impacts and is able to correct for the potential downsides. So data is really important, obviously, without data, uh, none of this can work.
1: Great, thanks, Kevin. And with the perceived lack of regulatory guidance, what are some best practices that firms can follow regarding bias?
0: So the I've heard many people say that there doesn't seem to be a lot of regulatory guidance out there, but in fact, uh, there, there really is. So um, the, in the outcomes portion of it, you can think about uh, the Equal Employment Opportunities Act, you can think about the um, Equal Credit Opportunity Act, the Fair Lending Act, and, you know, on and on. And those acts, those, uh, you know, that legislation basically determines in many respects what an equitable outcome is. And so the modeler has to take on the responsibility of demonstrating that the outcomes of his or her model um, adhere to, 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 those, to those laws. And there are a number of ways to, to do that. Uh, but um, that really falls on the responsibility of the modeler and the model owner, the person who's going to utilize it to ensure that the outcomes are in line with those guidance with those with those legislative acts. And to help the, uh, the model developer, him or her to, to do that, uh, there is SR117 and OCC 2011 which Uh, give a strong model risk management framework for how one should build a model, for how one should develop, um, develop a model and how one should validate that model. Again, bearing in mind that the outcomes of the model have to be in line with all of those acts that I just talked about. And I can guarantee you when an examiner comes in from a fair lending perspective, whether it's the FDIC or the CFPB, they're going to make sure that there's not disparate impact there's not disparate treatment that there isn't inappropriate steering um, that goes along with um, that credit decisioning process and that's something that the the developer and the validator and the owner should all be concerned concerned with and should uh, be a part of the model development and model validation process
1: Thanks, and Kevin at RMA, we hear a lot about bias and the consumer credit space, and this is a space within banking where AI and machine learning is used quite extensively. So, what areas of consumer credit are most prone to bias?
0: Unfortunately, it's uh, just about every area of consumer credit, but um, you know there are um, there are areas where you just have. Trend, uh, you know, increased number of transactions like uh, consumer credit credit cards, where it, it can uh, accelerate very quickly, but the so the dollar impact the number of problems that occur in you know retail credit uh, can um, can amount or uh, increase very quickly. But the dollar impact for uh, home equity and home mortgage uh, bias is obviously extremely impactful as well from a dollar perspective on individuals. So really, all areas of consumer lending are very important. Even uh, small business and small business lending uh, can be easily impacted by, you know, Uh, unfairness and and bias and and the credit decisioning process, though, there's a lot less automation in those areas.
1: Thanks, Kevin. And this topic will definitely be discussed at our uh, consumer risk management conference coming up in May. But uh, thank you again for joining me today. And I look forward to next month's discussion as we continue our monthly series on the challenges of model risk management.